0: and righteous heavenly father we we come to you in prayer with thanksgiving in our hearts thanking you for your mercy and for your care and for your love for your patience thanking you for jesus your great son in whom you have so willingly sent to die on that cruel cruel cross of calvary we're thankful lord god that jesus came to live and show us how to live for you and to die that we might live Thank you for the amazing sacrifice and blessing of life. It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray and thank thee for be thy will. Amen. A righteous man will live by faith. The Bible says that. What does it mean to live by faith? We, look at the, we looked at the book of Habakkuk and we were talking about Jesus. I want us to look at something that Habakkuk says the righteous will live by faith and think about that in our lives. Please turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 20. Babylonians, the empire, that was a fear in the book of Habakkuk that the Babylonians, the Chaldeans are coming. And I want to go back to Habakkuk in a moment and just kind of set up the lesson so we get a good understanding of what God is saying through Habakkuk when he says, "The righteous shall live by faith." Verse twelve, please, Second Kings chapter twenty. At that time, Berodach Baladan, a son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah listened to them and showed them all his treasures. His treasure house, the silver and the gold, the spices and the precious oil, the house of his armor, and all that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his house, nor in all his dominion, that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah, the prophet, came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say? And from where have they come to you? And Hezekiah said, They have come from a far country, from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. Then Isaiah the prophet, excuse me, said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house And all that your fathers have laid up in store to this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. The Babylonians are coming. I want us to go to Habakkuk, if you will. We're going to look back at this text for just a moment. And I want us to think about this text as God presents it to us. That now because of Hezekiah a prophecy has been made known that the Babylonians are coming. And God held that day back about a hundred years and allowed the wickedness of Judah to continue until he said no more. And now this is what Habakkuk complains about to God. Chapter 1 please, beginning at verse 1. The oracle which Habakkuk, the prophet, saw how long, O Lord, will I call for help and thou will not hear. I cry out to thee, violence, yet thou does not say. Why dost thou make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists and contention arises. Therefore, the law is ignored and justice is never upheld. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out perverted. You would think he's talking about someone else. But no, Habakkuk is complaining about Judah, the people of God. In chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, he says, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. And I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. and hastens toward the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. The Babylonians are coming chapter 3 please beginning in verse 1 a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet according to Shigenov Lord I have heard the report about thee and I fear O Lord revive thy work in the midst of the years in the midst of the years make it known in wrath remember mercy so you read what Isaiah said And now you hear what God is saying to Habakkuk. And then through all of this, Habakkuk says, Lord, in your wrath, remember mercy. And in chapter 2 and verse 4 comes the most read, if you will, scripture that we often speak of. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, for the righteous will live by his faith. So the Babylonians are coming. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Wickedness is amongst Judah. And the Babylonians are a puffed up and up, if you will, in their own mind. They were, they were a, a nation of their own. Those Chaldeans were fierce. And they were coming. And Judah was challenged in chapter 2 by saying... What kind of faith in God are you going to have when the Chaldeans show up at your door? We'll come back to that in just a moment. Romans chapter 1, please. There are three times in the New Testament where we find this exact uh, verse, if you will, quoted regarding the Christian faith. And so we'll liken this lesson later to us. Romans 1 and verse 16. For... I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written but the righteous man shall live by faith. Galatians please. Chapter 3. This morning the question is How is your faith? And then one might ask that same question in a different light and say, when things weren't going so well in your life, how was your faith? Galatians chapter 3, beginning at verse 9. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, "Curses everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now, know that no one is justified by the law before God is evident. For the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, please. Beginning at verse 32. But remember the former days, when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of suffering, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulation, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourself a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So the New Testament picks up from Habakkuk where in the account of Habakkuk God says the Chaldeans are coming but you though the struggles coming your way because of their own wickedness and their own evil we're going back to the book of Habakkuk you live by faith Habakkuk chapter 1 I want wanted just to set this up because I want us to really get what God is saying when he talks about faith. And I know, he said, well, preacher, we know about faith. I've heard, you know, so many lessons on faith. And I get that, but I want us to feel, if you will, and understand the setting in which God is saying to live by faith. And he's not saying all people will live by faith, but he says the righteous will live by faith. When difficult times come, the righteous remain steadfast. Faith. One must keep his faith. One must keep hope alive, if you will. One must keep the hope in Jesus. Verse 5. Look among the nations. Observe. Be astonished and wonder, because I am doing something in your days You would not believe it if you were told. Behold, I'm raising up the Chaldeans, That fierce and impetuous people who march throughout the earth to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. They are dreaded and feared. Their justice and authority originate with themselves. I want you to understand something for just a moment. And that is this. God is not saying, I'm raising up a people that aren't already present. I'm raising up a people to come after you. You've already watched them work. And this is what they've done. They have trampled over the nations, one nation, after another, after another, after another. And now they're coming for you. Scary. But the righteous will live by faith. Verse 8, their horses are swifter than leopards and keener than wolves in the evening. Their horsemen come galloping. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle and swooping down to devour. All of them come for violence. The whore of their faces moves forward. They collect captives like sand. They mock at kings. And rulers are a laughing matter to them. They laugh at every fortress and heap up rubble to capture it. Then they will sweep through like the wind and pass on. But they will be held guilty, they whose strength is their God. Judah is being punished for her sins. The Jews are living unfaithfully to God. And they must be punished because of their wickedness. But they must also believe that God knows what's best. We're about to suffer. Turn to Jeremiah, please, chapter 42. We are about to suffer. We're about to suffer because of our own wickedness and our own sin. Habakkuk has been praying about this and asking God, God, when are you going to do something? And God says, I am. We're about to suffer. But we have to believe through our suffering that God is merciful, that God is just, that God is compassionate, and that he's able to save. And yet it's God also who's raising up this impetuous people and he's bringing them to us to destroy us. But we, although we're about to witness and become a part of, a, of a, a tragic moment, we must live by faith. Now there's some folks around saying, hey, look, the Chaldeans are coming. We have some allies. Let's lean on our allies for help. Right. Let's, let's get together together And let's all flee to Egypt. And then we'll be all right. But God's command is don't go to Egypt. Stay right here in Judah, in Jerusalem, and let it happen. And surrender to the Babylonians. What? That's my commandment. All right, we got it all set up now. Jeremiah 42, verse 9. And said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, to whom you sent me to present your petition before him. If you indeed stay in this land, then I will build you up and not tear you down. And I will plant you and not uproot you, for I shall relent concerning the calamity that I have inflicted on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you are now fearing. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord. For I am with you to save you and deliver you from his hand. I will also show you compassion, so that he will have compassion on you and restore you to your own soul. Wait, but wait, but wait, God. They, they are an impetuous people. Look, look back at what, what Habakkuk says, if you will, about the Babylonians. About the Babylon, what do you say, God, about the Babylonians? Remember, remember these people, yeah. Chapter one, verse six. God says, "For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that fierce and impetuous people, who march throughout the earth to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. They are dreaded and feared. Their justice and authority originate with themselves. And you're telling me not to be afraid of them? And God says, exactly. Don't be afraid. I'm your God. Chapter 42, Jeremiah 42, verse 13. But if you are going to say, we will not stay in this land, so as not to listen to the voice of the Lord your God, saying no, but we will go to the land of Egypt, where we shall not see war, or hear the sound of a trumpet, or hunger for bread, and we will stay there. Then in that case, listen to the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. If you really set your mind to enter Egypt and go in there to reside, then it will come about that the sword which you are afraid of will overtake you there in the land of Egypt and the famine about which you are anxious will follow closely after you there in Egypt And you will die there. So all the men who set their mind to go to Egypt to reside there will die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. And they will have no survivors or refugees from the calamity that I am going to bring on them. You see, what they were trying to do is they were trying to get away with their sin. See, the problem wasn't the land. The problem was the people in the land. And so God says, I'm punishing you, the people. And I'm sending you off to Babylonian captivity to wake you up. But if you flee to Egypt, I'll come down there and get you there too. Stay put. Take your punishment. The righteous man will live by faith. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you take God at his word? I mean, if God's saying, okay, here's a... a, you know a nation coming to punish you are you you faithful to God will you stay faithful to God or will you flee to Egypt your ally for protection or do you trust that God will protect you even in the calamity verse 18 for thus says the Lord of hosts the God of Israel as my anger And wrath have been poured out on the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So my wrath will be poured out on you when you enter Egypt, and you will become a curse and an object of horror, and imprecation and a reproach, and you will see this place no more. Look at the selfishness of Judah. You know God saying, "Don't go down there because now you're going to get them into trouble." Verse nineteen. The Lord has spoken to you, O remnant of Judah, do not go into Egypt. You should clearly understand that today I have testified against you, for you have only deceived yourselves, for it is you who sent me to the Lord your God. This is is Jeremiah speaking, saying, Pray for us to the Lord our God, and whatever the Lord our God says, tell us, and we will do it wait a minute, but you you asked me to go pray, so I went and I prayed to the Lord, and this is what God is saying, and you still choose to defy Him? You ever done that? You ever prayed, Dear God, Your will be done, and then God's will is done, you go, No God, I don't want Your will to be done. So I have told you today, but you have not obeyed the Lord, your God, even in whatever He has sent me to tell you. Therefore you should now clearly understand that you will die by the sword, by famine and by pestilence in the place where you wish to go to reside. Because they wouldn't live by faith. Look at Isaiah for just a moment. Chapter 31. Isaiah chapter 31. I want to just look at what what they saw if you will, in, in Egypt, when they looked at Egypt and how they saw them as a powerful ally. Verse 1, What are those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because there are many and, and horsemen because they are very strong? But they do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. Yet He also is wise and will bring disaster and does not retract His words but will arise against the house of evildoers and against the help of the workers of iniquity. Back to Jeremiah, please. Chapter 38. And they saw Egypt as this great ally. We can go to Egypt even to fight against Babylon, the fierce and impetuous nation, although it's a work of God. God said, don't go to Egypt chapter 38 verse 2 thus says the Lord he who stays in this city will die of the sword and by famine and by pestilence but he who goes out to the child, oh wait a minute so God gave them an alternative you're going to die if you don't listen to me because of the nation that I raised up and they're going to see to it that you die but if you listen to me you will live. Oh, I'm starting to get it now. Listen again, please. Verse 2. Thus says the Lord, He who stays in this city will die by the sword and by famine and by pestilence. But he who goes out to the Chaldeans will live and have his own life as booty and stay alive. Thus says the Lord, This city will certainly be given into the hand of the army of the king of Babylon. And he will capture it. No, no, he's not going to capture. We have swords, God. We can fight. We can defend it. Well, then you will die. Jeremiah 44. Do you have enough faith? This nation comes, and then the king said, Zedekiah, don't give in. The people said, don't get in. Don't give in. God said, given would you give yourself would you allow yourself to be taken captive as a prisoner and be carried off to as Hezekiah says a far far land as a prisoner of war because God said to do it and live by faith would would you be willing to allow this situation to happen to you or would you fight? Take a stand, even though it was a work of God. Jeremiah forty four, beginning please at verse twelve. That will take away the remembrance, the remnant, excuse me, of Judah, who have set their mind on entering the land of Egypt, to reside there. And they will all meet their end in the land of Egypt. They will fall by the sword and meet their end by famine. Both small and great will die by the sword and famine. And they will become a curse, an object of horror, an imprecation, and a reproach. And I will punish those who live in the land of Egypt as I have punished Jerusalem with the sword with famine and with pestilence. So there will be no refugees or survivors for the remnant of Judah who have entered the land of Egypt to reside there and then to return to the land of Judah to which they are longing to return and live for none will return except a few refugees. So what do you do, church? Do you accept the will of God in your life? Though it may not be pleasant for whatever reason, in this particular case, because they were so wicked and so evil, go back and read the prayer again. Do you surrender to God and repent and turn your life around? Or do you continue in your own self-righteous and rebellious ways the righteous man will live by faith doesn't matter what God has in store if it's the will of God so be it is that my attitude in life see the idea of the righteous living by faith is not like in good times alone but it's also in Difficult times, in tragic times, in times of suffering and sorrow, the righteous man goes to God, stays with God. The righteous man lives by faith. Someone said, It's easier said than done. You know the scripture, Jeremiah 29, that's often taken out of context. It's a great scripture. It's used at graduations. We read and go, "Oh, yeah, that's what God has in store for me." Well, <laughs> the context of Jeremiah twenty-nine is in regards to the Babylonians are coming to take you away. Surrender or die. And here is the encouragement. Jeremiah 29, beginning of verse 4. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles who I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So these are the ones who lived by faith and went on with the Chaldeans, an impetuous and fierce nation. They surrendered to the will of God and said, God, we have been wicked, we have been evil, we repent, and if this is our punishment, so be it. Now they go off in the Babylonian captivity and watch what God says. Build houses and live in them and plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and become the father of sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there and do not decrease. And seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on his behalf for in it it's welfare you will have welfare so God says look you're going to this place and you're there now and you know what enjoy your life there it's a new life it's where you need to be right now because that's where I am I've removed the candlestick from Jerusalem I'm going to bless you I'm going to bless the land And I'm going to bless you. Pray for the land. Pray for the people. You know what's interesting? Remember this? Daniel. (laughs) Nebuchadnezzar. And after all was said and done, remember it was Nebuchadnezzar who said, anyone who doesn't serve the God of Daniel, I'll tear your house from limb to limb and make it a rubbish heap. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Anyone who doesn't serve the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Wow. Nebuchadnezzar sent out into the field. You go back and read the book of Daniel now and you realize, oh, God was taking care of his people. This was right. Well, we knew that. It didn't feel right. But the righteous lived by faith and they surrendered as God commanded. And so God then says about those captives in Babylon, Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of, for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope, and then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to this place from where I have sent you into exile. You know what God did? He raised up Cyrus. Cyrus not only sent him back. He gave him all the funds to take care of it. And they rebuilt Jerusalem. And then you know what happened? Jesus was born. Amen. Living by faith. Sometimes, please turn to Psalm one hundred and eighteen. Sometimes living by faith is not is not very comfortable. Sometimes living by faith is is challenging. But all the time living by faith is right. The righteous will live by faith. Don't trust in Egypt your bank account. Don't trust in your job. Don't trust in your boss. Don't trust in your home. Don't trust in man. Trust in God. Psalm 118, you know, the very middle of the Bible. Verse 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. We just have to trust God. We have to trust that God is merciful and kind, patient and compassionate, full of love, and it's all toward us. Perhaps in your life you've lived outside of Christ and you've tried to make it on your own. And even through our days as, you know, recessions are upon us and struggles are here, you're trusting in God. Just keep trusting in God. Maybe today you want to give your life to Jesus. And the opportunity is there for you to surrender to Christ, submitting to him in the waters of baptism, being baptized for the remission of your sins, after having heard his word and believed it, and desiring in your heart to make a change, repentance, and then confessing his name. If you're a child of God and you just would like prayers made on your behalf, you can make that known to us. While together we stand and sing our song of invitation, if we can help in any way, please come.